Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your New Jersey kid, Joshi, and alongside my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Hmm. I am really excited, and I'm going to tell you for a very specific reason, Joe. Is it because of the second season of GLOW? Actually, that is a whole separate issue that I'm very excited for also. That's been really good. Have you seen that so far? Yeah. Oh, Aaron and I binged it. We're done. <laughs> oh, we're almost done. It's so fucking good. Like, holy shit. They, you know what? Let's get into that separate conversation in a yeah, second. Yeah. Because they, WWE really needs to take some lessons from that. There was like the one episode we just finished watching it actually last night. Uh-huh. Um, where it was like the full episode of Glow. Yes. And I was watching that. I was like, holy shit. This is so much better than Raw. <laughs> it tells insane. a story. <laughs> but to go into part of why that was so good, I yeah. want to highlight the best person in WWE this week. And there were actually some pretty Ooh. good people in WWE this week. Who? Who? Daniel Who? Bryan. Of course. Daniel Bryan is the master of continuity. This yes. man brought up things from, <laughs> from years ago. Five years ago at this point? Yeah. That were still relevant to the plot and important. <laughs> like, it blew my fucking mind. Can can I be honest? I totally forgot that storyline. I forgot all the... De- I forgot the details of it, but, like... Well, I just totally forgot that that's how they wrote him off. Like, mm-hmm. that was his final write-off and his retirement, almost. Yeah. Like, so, uh, just to catch people up, so this week on SmackDown, you had Kane and Daniel Bryan talking out in the ring... And Daniel Bryan brought up that he was un he was what didn't trust Kane because their last interaction was Kane beating him up. And he like pointed out all the details too, right? He was like, mm-hmm. You powerbomb me out onto the was he on the steps or like on the floor, then you powerbomb me through the mm-hmm. announce table, like Yeah, or like choke you, slam mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, you hit all with all these moves on me. You yeah. kidnapped my wife or tried to. <laughs> yeah. Like, he laid out all that sort of stuff and basically said that's like, look, like, this is why I don't trust you right now, or I'm at least hesitant to. Yeah. And that it's not all good. Like, I need an apology from you or something. Mm. But then, yeah, and of course, Kane's then like, well, I only tried to kidnap her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the writing of that whole, whole segment was great. That was just hilarious. Like, it was like, Daniel Bryan was like the, um... Oh, what's that mystery science theater guys like just pointing out the plot holes of this mm-hmm. <laughs> and kane was almost like the uh real life uh persona of the like the writers the WWE writers that are just like no nah, just ignore that like just uh, yeah, just, no <laughs> just move along whatever yeah it's not a video it's just a tv show well, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I heard a very good point this week, and mm. I, want, I want to get your thoughts on it. So, with the the money that WWE is getting, right? Uh, these billions of dollars from Fox and USA. Mm-hmm. We've heard the excuse now that this is why we aren't going to get good television. Like they're making so much money, they couldn't care less what they're putting out as long mm-hmm. as they keep consistent ratings. That's the big thing. Right. They have to keep consistent ratings. But I heard a great theory today of someone going, yes, but if Vince McMahon, and I hadn't heard this, Vince McMahon has apparently plunged like a good amount of money in trying to get the WWE considered for the Emmys. He was like, if any other TV show is getting the money that the WWE is getting and put on this kind of crap and was also trying to consider themselves for the Emmys, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a negative effect on them? And I was like, that's so true. That's fucking hilarious. They're trying to qualify for yes. TV awards? Yes. They're apparently investing money to, like, you know those commercials that you see for the different networks? Mm-hmm. Uh, like HBO. is HBO and someone else, I, I've seen theirs now, up for Emmy consideration. And HBO basically just list off all of their shows because all of them are pretty good. So yeah, was like, do they know that there are TV shows like Breaking Bad? Yeah. And like Game of Thrones. Like, like even the comedies, even like Veep and even Veep, even It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, that you know like that is also nowhere near the awards ever. Mm-hmm. Like Modern Family. Uh, like, like, those shows are on a higher level than WWE. These, these are the sorts of shows that get considered for awards. Yeah. W, like, the... Wow. <clears throat> now, it's not crazy to say that wrestling couldn't be considered. But what they're putting out there now... Exactly. Well, yeah. No, they could not. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to point out. I'm glad that you said it. It's not that wrestling can't get there. It's just that Vince McMahon and his tastes are never going to be there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you know what? New Japan would have a far better chance, I think, of winning an Emmy. Yeah. Than WWE ever would. Because WWE is, honestly, it's just too lowbrow. They just oh, did a fucking too. poop joke two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Didn't they just... They did the poop no, joke was... this week. Yeah, that was this that week. Was sweet. Yeah. Oh god, like right. it's it's been draining on me so long. Like that fucking segment hurt me that it's been making me stuck in a time warp where I thought it's been two weeks and it's only been one. Ugh. <laughs> the best logic I saw about that segment was like, yes, why is there a porta potty in the middle of an arena that I'm sure has a lot of working bathrooms? <laughs> yeah, where is Daniel Bryan, master of continuity, when you need him to tell us why there shouldn't be porta potties? With uh, that should be his attachment. new character. Holy shit! He just points out all the plot holes. Yeah. He's like, "Why was there a harness attached to the bottom of that porta potty? That's not how you move porta potties." <laughs> or did Bra already drag it in? Oh, wait, and I would just love for him to like point out when like two guys like say like the, when they go like this is the first match ever between these guys. He just shows up and goes, mm-hmm. "No, they fought on like Velocity in 2002." <laughs> <laughs> He just comes out with, like, these clipboard full of facts and corrects people. <laughs> you know, there you go. Maybe this is what, like, Dan- uh, Dana Brooke can finally be doing. Because they never are doing uh... her anymore, right? So she could run around and do this. It's like, um, actually, according to Master of Continuity Daniel Bryan, 
These two had a match before. Oh my god. That's the perfect character for the WWE. How is it that they make fun of the wrestling nerds like us all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be their perfect parody of that. Like the actually like pushing up the glasses. Oh, they would have a field day with that. They'd have to like tell Dana to get out of shape and like gain a bunch of weight and stuff. And like her office would be in like her parents' basement. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Which like it would just be like a like a sign like <laughs> Dana's parents' basement or something like that as they walk into the office each week. Oh my gosh. That'd be fucking hilarious. She like so what would happen I guess you'd have to like get fired from Titus Worldwide or something. Something then, like that, yeah. And then she can't find other jobs, so she becomes just like a wrestling smark. Yeah. And she just keeps showing up at the shows mm-hmm. and correcting people when they get the facts wrong. Actually, I ran the numbers, and according according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, that match only got two and a quarter stars. Seriously, how are we not writers? I know, know, right? Like, that that is some gold right there. Guys, (laughs) we're making fun of ourselves. (laughs) We know how to make fun of ourselves. That's... You know, that's that's something I really think that uh, more people should realize is something that's actually important, is that people need to be able to make fun of themselves. Oh my god, you so need humility. Exactly. That's what it is. Thank you for putting in one word. Yeah. Humility. Yeah, because like, like, you know what? If you don't have humility, your head is up your ass, right? I'll also add in, you don't have the right partner unless they make mm. you humble. That's a very good point. And you humbled me yes. quite a lot. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. No, I just meant, like, like Aaron puts me in my place a lot of times. <laughs> well, you get out of hand. Oh, yeah. I'm way out of hand. You are. You're a, you're a rebel. My ego is huge. Oh, my gosh. Just to, to can I also, to... Uh, derail for a second before we derail over to glow oh, season two, i was gonna say so we're, we're derailing off of derailing so yeah, go I, ahead i just finally got around to seeing the last jedi have you seen this yet yes okay the fucking stupid ass line when like yet again somehow they just beat captain phasma so that she's like a non-factor mm-hmm. when like finn they're saying something that's like oh well you'll die you'll whatever you're some sort of scum and then he's just like rebel scum Wink. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I just wanted to like punch my screen so bad. No. That, that movie was so bad. Question for you. So yes, that was a low part of the film. What did you think overall? F minus. Really? F- Alright. My biggest point of evidence to give this an F minus, because otherwise if this had not happened, I would have given it like a C minus. Because there were just a lot of really bad problems. Like I think Luke's portrayal had a lot of issues. I think that there were a lot of really fucking weird, big, bad plot holes, like, with, like, Snoke thing. Like, for example, like, how the fuck is he monitoring their communications and then didn't know that they were, he was going to get betrayed ahead of time? Like, that made no sense. But anyway, the biggest the biggest one, the reason it gets an F- minus, is that because that's not how warp speed, that's not how hyperspace works. <laughs> that's not how it works. 
every <laughs> single ship would be blowing up in stars and planets and other ships if that's how it worked. Nobody would be able to move in hyperspace. Oh, I thought you meant the fuel thing. That was my, my no, big problem. whatever. Fuck it. There needs to be fuel for hyperspace. I don't care. Whatever. But the fact that then she can use it as a weapon to destroy people? Fuck you. No, that's wrong. That's not how it works. Especially because then, if that's how it fucking worked, why the fuck are people dying in these spaceships? You can just put little artificial intelligence robot oh. in it and tell it to kamikaze at people and apparently fucking destroy giant ass ships. All these people have been dying for nothing if this is possible. Ugh. Oh my gosh, Joe. I saw that and I lost it. I think I think that's actually explained in the Clone Wars, uh, the series. No, it's not explained. It's wrong. <laughs> well, in, in the Clone Wars, they explain that when you go into hyperspace, right, that your nav computer creates a map where you do, like, avoid the planets and stuff. That's not how it works. <laughs> you warp into an alternate dimension. <laughs> That's how it works. It's like a wormhole or something. <laughs> because I, no that's not possible because so, every single computer every single computer would have to map up with every single other computer in the fucking universe and make sure they're not running into each other when they're going in hyperspeed if they were going in actual space that's not how it works I hadn't thought about that <laughs> otherwise like, like ships would just be spontaneously combusting because they'd run into each other in space not how it works this fucking it's like i'm wait you keep saying that it, it reminds me of that insurance commercial with the woman that like is trying to do facebook in real life where she's like oh putting gosh. actual photos on her wall <laughs> and the one friend's like that's not how it works that's not how any of this works you know what perfect segue that is exactly the conversation that the writers of glow need to have with the writers on wwe it's like this is not how this works you How good like, was this season, though? Uh, well, you're not done it yet, but oh, you're shit. very close, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. But, like, I mean, the whole season has been really good so far. I've been really enjoying it. Especially, yeah. like, one of the things I loved is, like, showing off how much the writers of this show understand wrestling. Was the yes. one angle where um, it was, yeah, right after Liberty Bell had defeated Welfare Queen. And then yes. she was starting to get, like, really self-righteous. And the crowd were starting to turn on her. Yes, and cheering for... Yep. Welfare Queen. For Queen. And then it was like, oh shit, like fuck, what do we do? And it was like, what do you do? You get a you bigger heel, heel to draw all the heat and then get the cheers back on Liberty Bell again. And I was like, yes, good job. And you even understand. the So then you saw the episode where they discuss uh, Liberty Bell and Zoya's like match, right? And the ending. And Zoya points out, she's like, wait, there's, there has to be a chase. Like, you can't just beat me the first match. Right. Exactly, yeah, that was really good, too, was, like, her trying to lead into that and say, like, ah, I should win, actually. Especially yeah. because she even pointed out, too, like, there was the good psychology of, like, look, like, coming into this match, you're distraught. I kidnapped your daughter. <laughs> like, th if there's a match for you to lose, it's this one. <laughs> and, nope, she's like, nope, fuck that shit, I'm gonna get coked up and break your ankle. <laughs> Like Aaron and I bitch. so enjoyed the the mom being totally okay with her daughter getting used. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna use your kid. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Well, it's like times were different then. I don't know. Well, yeah. You know what? I bet the fact that she was white also helped. Nah. True. But we also had a discussion of race this season with That's the welfare true. queen being embarrassed that her son saw her portraying the stereotype. And it was, mm-hmm. oh, this that whole show is just, it hits everything and it's just so well written. Yep. And just like, yeah, really like, like we said, going back to even to like the understanding of how wrestling works better than people who actually write real wrestling. Yes. Because like as evidenced by the fact that they actually did put together, it's like, all right, here's an episode of Glow. And they had like two matches on it, and uh-huh. they had builds up to those matches, and then it was like, holy shit! It was way more fun to like see those. Like I was way more excited to see those matches, and then see other matches coming out of those mm-hmm. than half the matches in WWE. And there was like, yeah, you know, what total between two matches, and there was a couple other segments in there. Each one of them maybe got like five or ten minutes of build. Yes, and you had like multiple segments of build up to each match. Yeah. Like, telling a story of, like, why this match is happening, what yeah. it's about, what are the stakes. Because both of them had specific stakes. It was yes. like, we had Black Magic fighting Britannica because she wants to have, uh, what was his name, Thomas? Yeah, she wants yes. Thomas to come back to life again and retain her brains. But then, you know, you also have the second match where then Liberty Bells tried to get her daughter back. But then Viking, Vicky the Viking, is saying, like, well, you have to beat me to get the combination lock. Yeah. So it was like, all right. Cool, we have clear stakes, we know what the fuck's going on. But then so, guess what, psychologically, she doesn't just beat her, she puts her in a submission, mm-hmm. so that forces her to say the combination. Like <laughs> Exactly, like, there was that, and then right when she got it, she was like, alright, cool, I'm getting out of here, like, I don't need to do anything else to you. Yeah. Yep. Like, it was really cool. It was really yep. cool to just see, I had the same feeling when I originally watched, um, uh, Shit, I think is it called Cabin in the Woods? What was the the horror movie that Joss Whedon did? Yes, I think it was Cabin. Cabin where where like people are controlling what happens to the. Yes. Yeah. People, yeah to the that people. is ca- Yeah, that's Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods did the horror genre better than any horror movie I'd ever done, while at the same time basically parodying it. Yes, that's like the same thing I saw here with Glow, at least in reference to WWE. Not that this Glow was ever better than any wrestling I've ever seen, but it's just definitely better than the WWE product that we see on a regular basis. I feel like on raw. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like parodying the whole thing. Yeah, that's, that's true. And it was funny too. Cause like, I'm watching it. Like you watch that with uh, your girlfriend or your fiance. Yes. And I was watching it with my wife and like, was she really excited to be like, yeah, I want to watch these matches. Yes. Well, she, she definitely was like, it took her a little bit to get into glow from the, in the first season. Like, I was like, hey, I heard that, like, people who don't even like wrestling are liking the show. And so she was like, okay. And, like, mm-hmm. she got, like, a couple episodes in and then got super into it. Like, mm-hmm. it took probably about halfway through the season, I want to say. I forget. But then this time around, this coming season, she was the first one to be like, hey, Glow's coming out next week. <laughs> like, <laughs> she knew before I did. Damn. That's how you know she's hooked. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, it's a great... And you know what? They even had that little bit of crossover uh, the other week when the Glow Girls came on SmackDown. Yes. You know what? It wouldn't be a bad idea, in my opinion, for them to do... If they wanted to do just, like, a a short stint or maybe just, like, a one celebrity match or something, like, at SummerSlam, they should totally have Allison Brie come back. 
team up all with those... Lana. Lana and Zoya as the ravishing Russians. All those girls are trained, so they could totally do a match. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, at the very least, could do, like, one match. Mm-hmm. You know? And especially, it, put them in there with someone, like, experienced, and you're totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then, you know, even past that, too, you can do the rest of the celebrity treatment if you need to, where the when they don't know what to do, you just tag them out and put somebody else in there. Exactly. Just put an actual wrestler in. But yeah, Which I, they do have in their cast. They have Awesome Kong. <laughs> that's true. You know what? That'd be fucking awesome. What if she just kind of came back for a short run? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whether it was Kong or if it was, like, as Welfare Queen, like, you could do all sorts of different shit. I don't know. Yeah. But I would really love, I would because I fucking love Allison Brie. Yes. She's awesome. I would love to see her and Lana as Zoya and Lana, the Rush, the ravishing Russians. You know, because it, it smells to me like they're building up a women's tag division. Like, they keep pairing up a lot of different women. Yeah. You're right. I actually just noticed that. And I feel like I remember there was a rumor going on around recently about how, like, you know, Becky Lynch has been trying to pitch it for a long time, trying to get WWE into the idea of having a women's tag division. So maybe they're going to do that soon. I don't know. That'd you, be nice. Because I've been trying to think about like where they're going with this Bailey and Sasha storyline because we had the segment this week. And uh, what were your thoughts on the Bailey and Sasha segment with there with uh, Dr. Shelby? I want to say like underwhelming a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because I had such high expectations going into it, but I just felt like we just kind of repeated the same stuff over and over again. Mm -hmm. I don't know, did you feel like you got anything different out of this than anything we've seen so far? Not, I mean, it was a little bit different, but it wasn't good different. Like, it was... It was was, was was them complaining about each other just in a different setting, right? Like, Well, it's like, you know what, I thought it was really bad... Because I felt like every single person in the segment was miscast. Because it was like, it was trying to do this weird thing where like Bailey and Sasha were trying to do comedy. When both of them are not good comedic actors. Like Bailey is the really good sympathetic babyface. And Sasha really needs to lean into being that vicious bitchy heel. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Shelby was supposed to be the funny, weird, idiot kind of in between it all. But then instead, for some reason, he was like this very serious sort of therapist guy like none of it worked because then even his whole like his catch line of the like the stop it or the yeah. line um shit after, do you remember what his exact line is but like the basically the shut up or stop it sort of line uh i think it is it just stop it uh let me let me look it up maybe it's stop it yeah let's let's just say it's stop it because then even that, like, he just did, like, completely different tone. Because normally he's supposed to be, like, very shrill and, like, stop it! Stop it! Like, he's freaking out. Like, he's very neurotic. And this time he just, like, went to this, like, weird, like, dark, angry, like, stop it! And I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, sh- shut up. Shut up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shut up. Yeah, but instead of being like, shut up! Shut up! And freaking out, he was very just like, shut up! <laughs> Kamehameha! Yeah. It was <laughs> like, what is... I, I don't want to watch any of this. Like, the, the friend zone segment was also stupid because, like, the joke was supposed to be the elements of friendship, I guess. 
And then also, like, the whole punchline was just written on the wall behind them. Like, as he's just reading off the cards, they're also written on the poster right behind Bailey and Sasha. So it's, like, spoiling it. Yeah, it's, like, it's... You know when people fucking just read their PowerPoints? Yes. Isn't that the fucking worst? Yes. I'm, like, why are you even up here talking to me, Yeah, why, like, just fucking click through the slides or print the shit out to me. Send it in an email. What are we doing? Ugh. Yeah, that was bad. And then the, um... The Honesty Theater was, like, starting to get to something interesting, but... And then it was just, like, to be continued. Yeah, well, it's also hard to read, too, because it's, like, I don't know... Do you think they're trying to still go towards the direction of them actually breaking up? Or, like, do you think this could be, for example, like, a lead into a storyline of doing, like, a women's tag division? And then being like, oh, well, hey, we're about to crown the inaugural women's tag team champions. So we're going to force you two to work together and enter the tournament. Like, one of those? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know, like, where is this going? I I was hoping that it was going towards Sasha being the heel and Mm -hmm. Baby being, like, just not a pure baby face but maybe a little bit angered one but i don't think it's going that way either like mm-hmm. yeah it, really it just seems whatever they're doing they're doing wrong <laughs> that seems to be the case yeah because they, they don't i don't i just don't know why they're not committing to making sasha a heel like i guess it's like the same stupid reasons maybe that like they don't just realize that they should make roman reigns a heel mm-hmm but, I don't know, you know what, to deviate over into the Roman Reigns problem, something I was just thinking about as far as relations to the Raw roster, who right now is the top heel on Raw, would you say? Top heel on Raw. Hmm. And you can't count Lesnar, because he's not on Raw. No. <laughs> Owens? Yeah, I guess it's like it has to be Kevin Owens, right? Like either that or like maybe Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I would say that they're up there. Like I just say Owens because he's feuding with mm-hmm. your top baby face, I would say, in Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it's like it's it when you think about that and you start to think about that, you have a super lopsided roster on Raw. Because yes. it's like, all right, if those are the top heels, then it's like, well, Seth Rollins could beat either of those guys. And he's like the fourth top babyface because you've got Bobby Lashley, you've got Roman Reigns, you've got Braun Strowman that are hmm. all above him. Yeah. So it's like, I, that's a really weirdly lopsided roster. And that's, I mean, Rollins, they were booking Rollins that way. Like he was mm-hmm. in the I, IC title picture, which is mm-hmm. where you put your like, bought like the top five baby face like mm-hmm. is down there so yeah because then you like even then past that you've got like guys like finn balor who is i would I even don't... say kind of like on a similar level to owens and um yes go ahead yeah i, I was just trying to think when you mentioned his name i was trying to think of where to place him because like he's he's a similar level. Like if if for some like if Rollins all of a sudden got injured tomorrow, like yeah, you know, heaven forbid. 
you could just kind of plug him into the same spot. Like, you could just yeah. throw the Intercontinental title on Balor. And I think you could just kind of keep going. Yeah. But um, with that in mind, so just I bring this up for a point. Wouldn't this, of all fucking times, there have been so many good times, just turn Roman Reigns heel to help balance that fucking roster. Like, they need a heel on that show. They need one, because they've got so many baby faces at the top that are just, like, no, like nobody has any chance of beating any of these motherfuckers except each other. So you need one of them to turn heel. Like, if it's not going to be Roman, then you need at least one of them, but... By far, Roman would be the best candidate. Because, I mean, definitely it shouldn't be Braun, right? No, Braun's a total baby face. So unless you're going to turn Lashley, like, what do you think? Lashley, I would only want turned if they have a person speaking for him. Hmm. Like, he was a great heel when he had MVP speaking for him. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Can you think of anybody right now? Well, I guess, what is MVP doing? Is he still wrestling somewhere? Uh, nowhere contracted, I would assume. Because hmm. he showed, remember, he showed up for the Raw anniversary this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he was playing He was playing at the card table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they could bring him back as a manager. Although they fucking hate managers, so. <laughs> bring him back as a wrestling manager. He can still wrestle. <laughs> No, they hate that too. They just hate anybody managing anybody for some fucking reason. Although, one one piece of excellent managing I have to point out before we continue on uh, to whatever next topic we want to go on to next. Yeah. The bit where Rusev came out and was managing Aiden English, where he cut that promo on uh, AJ beforehand, which was, first of all, good promo by Rusev. Yeah. I really felt like the fire of him being like, so excited and so happy to try and fight for the WWE title for the first time. <clears throat> but then as he started like walking out of the ring and then he's like, Oh Aiden, one more thing I forgot to tell you. And then Aiden just like attacks AJ and he's like, Oh never mind. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking hilarious. Oh my god, that was that was amazing. I just I feel like more people need to be doing shit like that. Like just Yes. It's like that's the benefit of having a manager is you can have all these different little advantages over somebody that you're fighting and that was a really great use of a manager because he didn't do anything illegal like ref can't get mad at him for it like and it gave his uh the guy that he's managing a distinct advantage in the match even though it didn't last for long because aj styles just you know (laughs) different caliber than aiden english obviously um apparently the one of the latest, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what's the ride, ride along, right? On the mm-hmm. network, uh, has Rusev Day, where it's Rusev, Lana, and Aiden in the car. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And apparently it's pretty decent. Hmm. I'd watch that. Although, uh, apparently. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Rusev in it. Rusev apparently talks about the Undertaker match at uh the oh, what was it the Greatest Royal Rumble. Hmm. Hmm. Man, Greatest Royal Rumble. That was a weird time for Rusev <laughs> having that fucking casket match. He said that. He said that. Uh, 
uh, Vince McMahon called him into his office and was like, you're going to have a casket match at the uh, Greatest War Room with The Undertaker. Apparently Rusev laughed. <laughs> Did Vince get pissed at him? I'm not sure. I didn't hear what the response was. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. God damn it, Rusev. Did you just show a human emotion at me? You shoved that back up your Bulgarian ass. Oh my gosh. He's such an insane guy. Uh, but, you know, just to jump back for one second, one other thing I wanted yeah. to point out that, like, gives me a glimmer of hope that, like, maybe they're trying to start to see the light in turning Roman Reigns heel is... The way that he's are been we acting just, lately. Are we just trying to find things at this point? or It's like, I'm just... I just, you know what, I just... In the back of my head, I just had a little bit of, like, the Star Wars music playing, that just, like, main sort of theme. The, like, the last, or the New Hope theme, where, like, Luke's looking over the hill, looking at the two moons of Tatooine. Like, I'm just, I'm trying, Joe. I'm trying to find the good, and I'm looking, but, like, I keep feeling like I'm stuck in The Last Jedi, where all of it is turned to shit, and all of my hope is for nothing. <laughs> but... Let me show you this hope, because Roman Reigns keeps whining in his promos, like, about why he's losing these tag matches and, like, blaming Bobby Lashley and being a little bitch, and then, like, in his match, he did, like, the whole, like, I'm not tagging you in, I'm gonna just do this by myself and get fucked over sort of thing. Like, this is so, like, isn't this exactly how you would book him if he was about to turn heel or something? One way, yes. Like, not the best way, maybe, but, like, a way. Like, WWE's way. WWE likes to turn people heel a certain way sometimes. And I feel like this is one of their ways. It is the, I'm gonna whine a lot, and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm a heel. Because mm-hmm. then, like, alright, let me lay out for you. I've been thinking about a perfect path. If you take Roman Reigns... And you, the heel turn actually would happen at SummerSlam. So what you do is you have him beat Bobby Lashley at Extreme Rules to become the number one contender against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Uh-huh. At the same time, Braun Strowman decides in advance that he's going to be cashing in. So it's not a surprise, but it's an established triple threat match at SummerSlam between Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar for the title. I mean, I definitely think uh, that that's how Braun has to stash or cash it in. Uh. So you have that set up. So with the triple threat, anything goes. Like, there's no disqualifications and all that. So then Roman Reigns will call in the fucking Authors of Pain. And this is <laughs> when we get the establishment of the fucking Roman Empire because with their help, that's how he can finally lay waste to Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. But... He pins Braun Strowman because then you can still have the continuing narrative of the fact that Roman Reigns has never pinned Brock Lesnar. And then you could also have like, so Brock Lesnar could try and come back at him or Braun Strowman could come back at him. You could have a Survivor Series match with like Roman Reigns and the Authors of Pain versus like Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, and I don't know, maybe like Seth Rollins or something, or maybe Bobby Lashley, like those three versus those three. You could have some really good shit, and then you could have like Roman Reigns go all the way to like WrestleMania probably with the title. Have like Braun Strowman be chasing him. Maybe Braun Strowman wins the Royal Rumble to get that shot against Roman Reigns, and just bring up their history about like all the times that he's beaten Roman Reigns. Man, it'd be so much better than another like 
I don't know. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar match. <laughs> oh God, no! Please, God, no! You know what? If if honestly, if Roman Reigns turned heel, then maybe I'd like to see that match again because it, it, I would assume it would be a lot different, or at least hopefully it would be different. Like if Roman Reigns is the heel defending champion against Brock Lesnar trying to get back his title. Hmm. Hmm. That could be a more interesting match. Because also, Roman Reigns doesn't need to beat him. He just needs the champion's advantage beat him. And retain his title. Or, like, you know, cheat and then pin him. Like, that's fine. That would be great. Yeah, then he can finally be like, hey, I finally bit it. I pinned Brock Lesnar, so fuck everybody. This is my yard, like, I've been trying to save forever anyway. We've only been saying it for how long? I lost track. It's been so long. Like, definitely at least as long as this show's been going on, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. But, uh, ooh, speaking of something, it's not been going on as long as this show, but something's been going on a little bit longer, and I've been starting to dig it a little bit more. What do you mm. think of the Mojo, Raleigh, and No Way Jose feud? I'm actually digging it. That's a. am glad you brought this one up. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean... As soon as Mojo Raleigh starts talking, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> but he's actually bringing up good points. Mm-hmm. Like the was it? I think it was last week when he like ripped on the guy that had the cheeseburger shirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the cheeseburger outfit. <laughs> yeah, and then he's just like, this is no way to get into the WWE and stuff like that. And like how you have to like work hard and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's a great like. It's a great heel because he has a viable uh, thought process. Right. It's like he has a point, but then at the same time, he's being a fucking dick about it. Yes. And that's what makes the best heels. Like, Mm -hmm. because people are just like, you're right, but you don't have to be a dick. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you don't have to be a dick. And he's also taking his point too far. Right. Like, because he's getting mad at this guy for being an extra on TV. It's yes. not like the guy in the cheeseburger suit was like, oh, well, I'm going to get in the ring and pretend that I'm a wrestler. Yes. He's just like, or, well, I, I was invited out by here by No Way Jose. Like, I I didn't do anything or, wrong. Or that people were like, huh, we're we're booking this cheeseburger guy, so we can't, pick, we can't book Mojo Raleigh. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's that there's that certain thing too, right? Like at the same time, because right, he does have a point, is that every single person who's on TV is taking up time. And that's taking time away from other wrestlers who could be on the TV show and be in the ring performing. Interesting that uh, on WWE, mm. uh, they're talking about like people coming in and taking people's spots then. Yeah. They took our spots. Because that comes up every time. Like The Rock comes back and then now with Lesnar. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's 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 crazy, right? In the entertainment business, it's like you have to you have to try and maximize every single spot that you get because you never know when they're gonna fucking you. Know, you never know when because it's it's outside of your control. Yeah, as to how much time you get and when. So, yeah, I guess the people get really fucking afraid of that, and rightfully so, especially mm-hmm. with how you know bored Vince gets of people very quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, if he doesn't like you in one or two segments, then that could be the end of your career. Like, just like that. 
because they're just not going to book you anymore. And then it's like, oh, well, what have you done in the last year? Well, nothing because you didn't book me. <laughs> well, fuck you. I'm firing you. Well, all right. Thanks, asshole. Like, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm firing you. Why? Because we couldn't think of anything for you. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, sounds like you should fire yourself. <laughs> I came up with stuff for me. That's So, hold on. Because you couldn't think of anything, I get fired. That's the other thing that <laughs> kills me. And I guess that almost makes me think it's like, what's the point What's the point of like doing some of like the our own bookings? When it's like, it sounds like half of the wrestlers in WWE and these other companies. Well, I guess WWE is the only one with the real problem right now. Mm. They, the wrestlers sound like they're coming up with their own ideas and then they're just being fucking ignored. Or like it's or it's beaten so out of them to even come up with ideas that then the other half of them aren't even bothering to come up with ideas anymore. Mm. Because then like if you're the one who's trying to come up with different ideas than creative, then you're just the greasy wheel. Like you're just the one who's making a noise and a problem. Yeah, you're you're. I was exactly going to say that. You're the one causing the problem, right? Right. It's like, why don't you just shut up and take what creative gives you? But then if you just sit there and take what creative gives you, um, then you're considered like, oh, you're just sitting back and waiting for stuff to get done to you. So, mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. It's actually, it brings me to a good story. Apparently there was an interview with Daniel Bryan recently where he said that a producer told him that you need to fight like John Cena did mm-hmm. for how you're used. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely seems to be the case. Like, these people really need to... I th- you know, I think we've talked about this before. I think there's a really fine art in figuring out when and how to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, you, I, can't, you can't fight on every single hill. No, you can't, because then you'll be, like, Paul Heyman. And... Yeah, they'll just fucking get rid of you. They're not going to deal yeah. with that. But you also have to... You just can't... It sounds like you can't just go in and say, like, no. Right, like Jim Ross constantly brings that up. He said mm-hmm. a, a problem they had a lot with Steve, uh, uh, Steve Austin, when he was on top, was a lot of times he would say no, but then not come up with a alternative. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, you can say no, but you have to help us like figure out something else. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you also have to, right? You have to say, you have to figure out when to say no, when to be able to say yes, because there's going to be the times when. You just kind of have to go with it, or there's the times when you have to like put your fucking foot down because there's they're about to do some stupid shit. Like, yeah, I, like I I wonder if you were to look at like an alternate history path, like if Cody had been in a mental place to be able to say no to Stardust, like I wonder what could have happened. Like if he had fought really hard and eventually got basically the character that he made for himself on the Indies back in WWE back then. Who knows? Hmm. Like, because that seemed to be like, if there was a pivotal time where it was like, no, that was the boundary to not let them make you cross as a character, was for him not being Cody Rhodes anymore and being Stardust without, like, some sort of guarantee of him coming back. But maybe that was even part of how it was originally sold. I don't know. Was maybe yeah. this idea that, like, you're going to be Stardust for, like, a year and then we'll bring you back out of it. Yeah. And that's the stuff we never know about, right? We never know the backstage conversations. We never know. Mm -hmm. Like, the wrestlers might not know what the writers are thinking. The writers might not know what the wrestlers are thinking. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's like there's... It's such a fucking infinitely complicated web, right? Like, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I think think that's another part of why 
we're very interested in wrestling is because not like the wrestling itself is very interesting. The characters, the matches, the storylines, but then also just like the business of it is a very, very interesting business. Mm. Like so many of the behind the scenes documentaries and the stories are like just as interesting as the real wrestling stories themselves. Oh my God. I'm beyond the ropes. It's one of the best movies I've seen. Like, (laughs) yeah, like it's, Uh, just to see like how people like think of things and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you see how Vince thinks you see how like you had Jim Cornette and Jim Ross, like talking about stuff. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who is like your favorite sort of wrestling mind? I guess if that's a good way to phrase it. Huh? I'm always split between Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette. Hmm. Um, I'll I'll lean towards Paul Heyman though, just because uh, Cornette is very like set in his ways, mm-hmm. and like, and it, it's some of it is good ways. Like some of the stuff he rips on, like current day stuff, like when people do really ridiculous shit, like jump off a building and then no sell it, like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I totally agree with him. Like, yes, that is, that does harm the business. Um, but I think, I think he takes that too far sometimes. So that's why I'll say, like, Heyman, because I, they both have very similar philosophies on wrestling, but Heyman mm-hmm. seems to be a little more accepting of changes and current day versus old day, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, yeah, like, very much like you got to see, like, see, I feel like he's been better at being able to write, like you said pick up on like the new trends in where wrestling goes and be more receptive to what people are into. Like mm-hmm. you know, he was the one who fucking pinpointed CM Punk as yeah. being the big star that he was. Uh, he got, uh, crap. Why am I blanking on his name? The one British wrestler, uh, <sighs> Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> no, one of the Karen day British guys. Oh, um, uh, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. He got him into the United States. Hmm. He, like, got a hold to, like, people were like, oh, you've got to see this Osprey guy. you got to see him. And so he got a hold of Gabe Sapolsky, who booked him, which gave him a job. And then with, uh, Paul also knew, like, a immigration lawyer to get him, like, the right visa to come over. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was this whole thing. Is one of his t- Paul Heyman did like a live show and like mm-hmm. brought Osprey out, huh. and like told him he's like he's like people were telling me I sh- I need to like catch your stuff. He's like I did. I think you're great. So here I did these things. Like wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. What a cool guy. I mean, he's also done obviously not a a lot of not cool shit before yeah. in the past. But that's uh... a, there's no like. There's no clean cut person in wrestling that I'm like, yes, I agree with everything they <laughs> they've said or done. Like, <laughs> right? Because like even even the guy that's like super squeaky clean, like John Cena, has like yeah. this fucking weirdo uh, controlling relationship with like John, or with his uh, with Nikki Bella. I was gonna say well, his ex, but then I was like, that's not right. But then I was like, wait, I guess is it right? I don't know. It's are they together kinda right, right now? Kind of right. Like <laughs> they are. They're back together, and then they're not, and then. Yeah. It's like everybody's got their fucking weird shit. Yeah. 
in wrestling. That's I think that's another part of what makes it interesting too. Is like it's so many of these like weird outlaw people. It's carnies, right? Like that. Yeah. That's why I love listening to Colt Cabana's podcast because it's it's all about that kind of stuff. Like just the crazy world that wrestling is. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, like that that was its history. That's what it yeah. initially came out of. And, yeah, yep. I guess it's still very much got that carny sort of feel. Like he was, uh, he wrestled over in. They recently did a like a show in China, mm-hmm. and um, one of the wrestlers on the show he interviewed like the guy took a booking, took the China booking like last minute, so then he had to like do multiple like hours of long flights, like from wherever he was coming from, I forget where, and like but just to wrestle in China, like, wow. and Colt's like. To anyone else, that, like, makes no sense. He's like, but to wrestling people, it's just like, yeah, that's what you do. Like, Yeah. Whatever. That's that's the life. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That'd be, man, that'd be, like, one of, one of the worst fucking things to even just deal with it. Like, the wrestling itself is fucking hard enough, but then all the travel. Whew. It's like all the amount of hours you're stuck in planes and cars and shit like that. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I've been on like a three-hour flight, and I'm like, "Fucking get me off this plane!" <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get me out! <laughs> yeah, and then like on top of that, then you have to try and get rest on those sort of days, which like I feel like usually you need like rest from those sort of days. Oh yeah, it's like, oh fuck, I just traveled. I need a day to rest. It's like, no, bitch, yeah. like you need to go wrestle now. Yeah, and then not rest again and fly again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet I, I bet there'd be like a great photo album out there somewhere of just like a compilation of like really weird situations and poses that wrestlers have had to try to like get some sleep in. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but you know what? Speaking of rest, yes, I feel like the guys on Raw are taking fucking naps when they're writing this uh-huh. show, but on SmackDown they are awake. There's, like, way much, like, for some parts, at least. Some <laughs> things are a lot better. Because, like we said, uh, at least before, Daniel Bryan was doing a lot better. I also uh-huh. really enjoyed, another segment I liked, was uh, Sanity's, I'm going to call this the re-debut. Because yes. I think this is what their debut should have been. Was <laughs> this attack here on the New Day with the you Pancake mean Party. not losing? <laughs> not losing twice in the same night? Like, Yes, this is a much better debut than losing twice in the same night. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting having them uh, attack the Usos. You mean the New Day? Sorry, New Day, yeah. Yeah, I I liked it. And also, like, this makes sense, right? Like, put the right. three-man tag group versus the other three-man tag group. Man tag group. Yeah. Like, there you go. In uh, fact, you get a couple more three-man tag groups, and then we'll just make a whole division. Yeah, you know, I mean, we did the numbers a little bit before. I think they might have, they might still have enough three-man tag groups. We have to do the numbers, but yeah, I like it. I think this is fun. We can see where this goes, especially because, like, I think New Day is good at drawing out a little bit more character out of people. Uh huh. So this will be good to like see a little bit more of like who our sanity supposed to be. Because like, if they're if they're also just gonna be like random. Uh, chaos guys then it's like all right well we already have the ascension 
on the main roster, and they haven't done anything with those guys in years. So I don't know why you think this is going to be any different. Um, they actually did. Uh, their two-year-long re- losing streak just came to an end. What? Yeah, apparently had a house show. They won. Whoa. I mean, who did they beat? Like, the Fashion Police? I, I'll, I'll take a look or while, we're, but... while we're talking. Wow, holy shit. Essentially won a match. Who'da thunk? Who'da thunk? Well, you know what? If they had fucking taken up our idea of uh, pairing them up with Goldust, that could be a whole stable right there. Like, they could be winning a whole bunch of matches. Totally. You could put them into this new six-man tag team division that we're, we're brewing up here. I would totally watch that. I would watch them as like a three-man tag unit. Like Goldust kind of direct the action and then come in for short bursts. That would be totally great. Maybe pass on some of his wisdom to those youngins. I'd like to see that. Um, But like another segment uh, on the opposite of the spectrum. I really did not like the finish of Asuka versus Ellsworth. Oh, you didn't? I thought it was going to just... It was kind of continuing it. You wanted it to just be like one and done? Well, yeah, I, I wanted it to be one and done. I wanted Asuka just to fucking kick his ass. It was like, all right, this is my fucking concern. Do you think Asuka's getting this title out of this feud? Uh, n- no. Yeah. Remember how I was saying back when they fucked her at WrestleMania that this was just the start, Joe? It's going. They're not giving her the title. They're just they're dumping her in the trash. They're done with Oscar, uh, man. The it's Ascension over. beat the Ascension beat Heath Slater and Rhino. Ooh, all right. Uh, on ready, on main event. So it's on, on TV. It's, it's televised. This is a televised win. <laughs> this is a big deal. Man, I haven't seen main event ever. Maybe. I think I watched, like, the debut episode. Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe I, I might have watched the debut episode. I feel like I remember, didn't they actually try to give a shit about that in the very It was beginning? like The Undertaker was in the main event, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was like, holy shit, we're actually going to make a big deal about it once. And that's it. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, this 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 was awful. And this just keeps telling me that they're done with Asuka. Like, they're giving her the Rusev treatment. They had mm-hmm. the undefeated streak. She lost once, and then now she's garbage. She's just gonna lose. Because she just lost. Like, that was like a double countout. Like, she just... Like, why... Like, Ellsworth is so pathetic that every other woman in the division, he is a jobber for them. Like, that they should be able to beat them. Like, Asuka should have hit one move on this guy. Maybe two. He Like, like just one kick to the head, knock him out. Yeah, exactly. One kick to the head, knocked it out. Or, like, snap on the Asuka lock immediately, and then he's just screaming and tapping. Like, And then how the fuck could she not catch him? Like, he was running like a fucking retarded penguin or something. Like, he's a waddler. Like, he's a weird, out-of-shape fucking dude. Like, how the fuck could she not catch this guy? Because that's the story, is that she lost by count-up because she couldn't catch him. What if what if this is leading to her getting the title though? But why are they doing this? 
Joe! If they wanted her to lose by disqualification, couldn't Carmella have just hit her with something? Wouldn't that made her look like more of a threat? Do you have to hit her I with mean, something instead of just... Whatever, I'll just she, run away. She can't even catch me. To be fair, I think they basically said, we've had a lot of disqualification finishes recently. Mm-hmm. Let's do something different to have it again. Um, but, like, Ellsworth is the kind of, like, weird just dickhead that he could just try and, like, talk trash again or something and say, like, oh, I wasn't ready. or so, Especially if they if he, like... You know, turn around and then she just smacks him with one move, and then he's out. Then he could be like, "Oh well, that wasn't fair. That was a cheap shot," even though like you know he walks right into it or something like. You could play it off. There's no excuse for this, and I know what they're up to, and I don't like it. Do you disagree? I think it could be good. I I have faith in Ellsworth, so. Well, I have faith that Ellsworth will do good things. I'm just asking you, like, do you... Are they planning on doing anything with Asuka again, or are they just done? Uh, I think they'll do something again with her. Like, now, or do you think they're just like, fuck her, we're done? No, I she think can, they will. She can wallow in the mid-card and see if she survives. <laughs> she's still, like, they promote her, so, like, it's not like she's a forgotten character. For now. Well, because they, they, they got to have her lose to Carmella again. Right? Because now that she's eaten uh, a submission and a pin, they just got to do it again. And I think she may get the title off of Carmella. I really hope so. Because also, like, Carmella doesn't need the title. Like, having Ellsworth is Not actually... Anymore. Yeah, like I, I think it was good that she had it for a very brief stint. You know, uh, she had she had a decent reign. She wasn't like one and done. No, but like it's still not long, either. Like it's pretty brief. Yeah, she's only defended it once. And assumingly, if she loses it this next time, then she will have only lost it on her second defense. So that's not that long. You know, I mean, it's not like nah. Like, they could have done it where she, like, wins it and then the next week loses it, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they could they could really fuck people over like that, too. But this is this felt like the right amount of time, right? Yes. Where she had it for a little bit, and then she kept just keeping on to it because she kept finding clever ways to get out of, like, defending it or that she would defend it but then, like, get herself disqualified or something. She's definitely raised her stature with it. Yeah. And then, honestly, having Ellsworth back, like, having Ellsworth by her side... I think seems to be a more valuable prop, like, for getting her over. Because, like, he's very useful for, like, cutting promos for her. He's very useful for helping her win matches. He's useful for, like, helping even start fuse and just get heat with the other women, too. Like, he's a very useful prop. Yes. He's very useful for uh, beating Asuka. (laughs) Fuck this. I'll never forgive them for this. I I said that. I remember back at WrestleMania. I said I'm never forgiving them for this. And I'm holding it against them. (laughs) But I guess they still watch their shit, so... Who cares about my forgiveness, right? (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Let's see. Should we talk about Lucha Underground or 205 or NXT? 
What are you feeling? What's next? Well, Lucha Underground we already got last week. There was another episode. When? Yesterday. Oh. Let me tell you about what happened. Yeah, I didn't see it. I thought it was on another night. No, it's on uh, it's on the Wednesdays. Okay. Um, but this was this was not a huge episode. This is a little bit more of like a builder episode. So like as far as episodes to miss, this is not the worst one to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a mixed tag match with like Daga and Cobra Moon versus Bundo and Taya, which is really interesting. This is a fun match because like they're they definitely seem to be kind of like transitioning Mundo and Taya at least a little bit from heels, but like they definitely still were heels in this match, even though Cobra Moon and Daga are also heels because yeah, like PJ Black came down and caused some interference like behind the ref's back. He kicked um I think it was a Cobra Moon in the back of the head to help set up for the finish, and they got the win. So, like, they got a win off an interference. And then they were doing, like, three-on-two beatdown for a little bit, but then eventually uh, Luchasaurus came back. And actually, they did a lot better job of, like, making him look intimidating this time than they did <laughs> he last year. He doesn't look like a friendly Barney. Like. Yeah, like, they, they changed up his mask. They gave him a beard. <clears throat> but, like, it's really, like, dark, slick sort of beard, so it looks... I don't know, like, it just looks better. It's still not the greatest but it's infinitely better than it was uh but he came in and then just like fucked their days up uh so it looks like they're continuing to build this up uh and they they ended up beating up pj black and taya to the point where they had kind of like kidnapped them and mundo just barely escaped but then cobra moon was like bitch i'm coming for you and then you're gonna bow down to me so uh who knows i guess we're gonna come down to like mundo's trying to like save the worldwide underground from the snake people I was going to say, is he going to be, like, turn into, like, Boone and, like, be the hero to save his uh, friends? I think so. I think that's where they're going with this, is that, like, that's the catalyst to continue his uh, face turn, is that he has to, like, stand up against the reptile tribe and save his friends. Um, but mm, then, Does that turn all of them face, or just him? Maybe. Maybe it turns, or maybe even turns, like, part of them, because then maybe, like, maybe Taya would turn with him, but then, like... Maybe a PJ Black's like, oh, dude, like, why are you going soft now? Yeah. I don't like this. You're a fucking pussy. <laughs> You're a fucking pussy. If I, like, they, they just turned to fucking Canadian people from South Park. <laughs> I'm yeah, not your buddy, guy. I'm, I'm not, not your guy, pal. <laughs> I'm not your buddy anymore. Oh, my gosh. That'd be hilarious. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so we got that. We got uh, the first of what I assume is going to be many sacrifices for Matanza because uh, Antonio Cueto brought um, Matanza out and then said that he was going to have a match for somebody to just be sacrificed to him. Like, that was how he even described it, was just, this is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Mr. Pectacular, comes out, and he's like the big, uh, you know, macho, I got great pecs, sort of whatever. Matanza just pins this guy in, like, two seconds. And then does this sort of thing where he's, like, I guess, like, consuming his soul or something. He's, like, kind of, like, getting into him a little bit and then like raising up his arms to like the ceiling and then like there's this thunder flash and the lights go out and then Mr. Pentacular's gone so he like sacrificed him to the gods or something <laughs> I don't know it's this whole thing it, it, I definitely have to watch that I'm not describing it very well but like it was very brief but it was like all right that kind of works I guess just for like getting rid of people um Jake Strong had a quick match he beat up a uh, big bad Steve 
and was doing like a break the guy's leg after the match sort of gimmick. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're trying to set him up for Pentagon pretty soon to do kind of like, you know, because Pentagon breaks the arms, Jake Strong breaks the legs. There you go. He got some breakers of bones on both sides. Uh, but then the finale of this episode was a match between King Cuerno and Chavo Guerrero. Cuerno was able to put him away to get a medallion and get his on way over toward the uh, Gauntlet of the Gods. Nice. Or a uh, Gift of the Gods. Yeah. I was going to say, Gauntlet's a very different thing. Yeah. But uh, in relation to that, there was a backstage segment where Cuerno was talking to uh, Antonio Cueto, and Cueto was trying to ask him about where the Gauntlet was. And we learned that before, uh, at least if that's going to be trusted, Cuerno had told Katrina that he gave it, implying that he gave it to Aerostar because he said that I don't know where or when it is. Mm. But then when talking to Cueto, he said that he wasn't sure where it was and that someone stole it from him. So he's lying to Cueto about where it is. And then he had said that he suspected that maybe Meal stole it from him because he stole it from Meal back when he had won it back at um, Ultima Lucha Trace. Yeah. So he's like trying to kind of throw Dario or Dario Antonio slash Dario in disguise. I was going to say, you could just call him Dario. Yeah, you could just, you could just call him Dario. <laughs> we all know. It's cool. So yeah, the, the plot kind of thickens on that one as well. That like, Cueto seems to be trying to play Dario for some some purpose here. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another interesting little purpose. What did you think of... Um, hmm. There were some new finishers that we got to see in NXT. We got to see both Dakota Kai hitting a new finisher and... Johnny Gargano hitting a new finisher on EC3, picking up the uh, the really vicious uh, like DDT, the same yes. move that he lost to uh, Champa at at the last takeover. I like using a DDT as a finisher, so mm-hmm. I love Gargano's. Yeah, what did you think of our Gargano dipping into the dark side a little bit? Be- well, because I love the DDT coming back as a finisher because like I loved watching Jake the Snake. And, like, that was his finisher. And the DDT has just become kind of like a, just another move. Mm-hmm. Like, you hit a DDT and then you go into a clothesline or, like, something like that. So I like the fact that Gorgano is going to be using it as a finisher. Yeah, I like it. And it because there's, like, a good storyline reason for it, too. Yes, and that's why it makes sense. Yeah, I like it. I like I, I thought this was a really good match here against EC3. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Well, actually, another thing I really want to point out, because there was, there was actually a lot of really good stuff on this episode of NXT. Because yeah, uh, there was that new finisher. Uh, Dakota Kai got a new finisher, which was like, I'm going to describe it as like a sunset flip backstabber. Yeah. Um, I think... The only, that, like, reverse back... Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... But Reverse uh, backstabber? I, like, <laughs> I think one of the commentators, they like the stylized name, they, they called it the Kai de Grasse, like instead of a Coup de Grasse. <laughs> <laughs> which I liked. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's a nice playoff. Um, but then we also had, like, the Mighty versus Otis Dozovich in the handicap match. That was pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I I thought that was great. Like, really well booked as far as, like, Dozovich just using his size to dominate them. Yes. And still, like, them be able to trip up the guy eventually mm-hmm. and get the win. And then we had uh, Velveteen Dream doing his best parody of Cody. Yes. Which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, I, I was almost, like, jumping out of my seat just, like... Like, what the fuck? Like, 
he's doing a Cody impression? I don't know. I thought, like, this is, this is really, like, otherworldly. Because, like, I feel like when he does a thing like Hulk Hogan, you know, like, that, that makes a little it's, more sense. Because, like, everybody's going to get past. that. It's someone from the past. It's, like, and it's, he did, like, a WWE version of Hogan, too. Mm. Even though, like, at this point, like, they've bought up the WCW past. So, like, if he did, like, an NWO Hogan, like, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. But, like, for him to straight-up parody, like, Cody right now, who's, you know, like, a very well-known indie wrestler. Direct competition, so to speak. Because, like, it was unmistakable, right? Like, having the dream belt. Yeah. And then, like, ripping the shirt when he comes out and, like, taping up the hands the same way. Even, like, he even used, like, holds a similar sort of way and, like, wrestled a similar sort of way to Cody sometimes here. Is, I wonder if this is like, is this the successful character of someone that does that? Like, Maybe. I just, the thing that just struck me as so interesting about it was the fact that, like, you know, like this is NXT. Like, this is something that they, they, they plan on in advance. Like, clearly he planned out that advance to put that through. So, like, was that on him? Did he come up with that? Or, like, did NXT do that? Like, did the writers decide we're going to have Velveteen Dream come out? And then he's going to be parodying Cody. I mean, I have no idea. Could be collaboration between the two. Or... You know what? I figured it out. Velveteen Dream just really wants to be all in. <laughs> That's what it is. He's just trying to get Cody's attention. And jump ship. <laughs> That's it. No, I don't know. I, I thought it was just really interesting. Because, like, imagine if, like... For example, like if it wasn't like maybe because it's an ex WWE guy, it doesn't feel as weird. But like, I don't know. Like, say he came out and all of a sudden, like he was parodying Okada, like he had the golden pants on and was doing like some Rainmaker stuff. Like, wouldn't that feel really weird? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it just it yeah. struck me as really odd. So I wanted to bring that up. But um, all right, let's see. Oh yeah, shit. We we were about to like kind of bring it up at the beginning of the show, but then um, kind of skipped around it. We have a new ROH champion. Ah yes, Jay Lethal, the second two-time champ. Yeah, because like Adam Cole is he the only other one? No, uh, Jay Briscoe. So there might be three now. So maybe like the third two-time champion. Yeah. Big deal. And he was saying he wants to make this bigger and longer and better than the first title reign? Yes. I think he's just someone that, like, you can just kind of put it on whenever, right? Because he's that good of a performer. He's that good, and he seems to be, like, that loyal and committed to w- or to uh, ROH, right? Yes. Well, they were, they were the ones... He, he kind of got, like, screwed over by TNA and then went to ROH and, like, found success. So I think he feels, like, a real sense of loyalty to them for that yeah like a real gratefulness towards them you think yes like he appreciates like what they did for him and yeah it seems he's also just like seems like the kind of guy that really wants to give back yes like the company that he helped them out and like to the wrestling industry in general yeah yeah i guess just solid dude I, w- I want to say that maybe he like feels like I'm I'm not gonna get that WWE run, so mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna give back here kind of a thing. Totally, and also like I, yeah, you know, maybe I'm totally wrong too, but I he seems like the sort of guy who would actually be excited about like having that unique cool commitment of like i'm gonna build up ring of honor like i he wants ring of honor to be bigger mm-hmm. yeah because i think at the same time he'd probably be able to recognize right that like if he builds that up then you know he's giving that opportunity that he got back out to other people like he's allowing other jay lethals to exist yeah so i'm just trying to think like you know you know, actually, one really mat- one specific match I'd really love to see him have, like, defending the title. I would love to see Jay Lethal versus, like, Flip Gordon. That would be a good be- one. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And another fucking match with, like, Josh Gresham. Because they've been having, like, a feud for a while. Or didn't they have a match at, a- at like, a Ring of Honor pay-per-view? I can't remember. I think they did. But yeah, like, Lethal's crazy. He's just really good. And yeah, he totally deserves it. I'd like to see what he can do with it. And yeah, I think you had mentioned it a little bit before we got on air, too. It makes sense at this point, right, to sort of take it off of Dalton because he's been getting pretty banged up. Yes, he was, if you saw the matches at all recently, he was very slow. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that that's how you know he's injured when, uh, a guy who is like a very good amateur wrestler mm-hmm. uh, is like slowed down. Right. Yeah. So this will be good. Let him take a little time to heal and then he can come back. Exactly. And then maybe he can be a little bit different too. Like I think you would, were you trying to say to me, um, like, would you kind of like to see a little bit of a change in Dalton's character? Uh, Maybe just to see some evolution. Yeah. What do you think? Would you see like to see him go like just a little bit shade darker, a little bit more serious, or like maybe how would you like to see him evolve? Yeah, just a little more serious. Yeah. Like maybe. Yeah, like he would have to learn from this loss. Like he had the title reign, but then he lost the belt now, and now he's got to come back and change in some way to become better. So then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to win the title again. And this time, I'm not going to lose it. Yeah, and this time, I'm going to take it more seriously and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'd, I'd be interested to see. I, I don't know exactly how much they've done this in the past, but maybe even part of it was like, you know what? i got to use every single tool that I've got. And if I'm not quite as physically strong as or as technically gifted as a guy like Jay Lethal, i got to use something like my boys to help give me that edge. Maybe he turns yeah. a little bit more heel. Yeah. That could be fun. But yeah, right. it'll be interesting stuff to see. But I think that's pretty much going to do it for this week, right? Yeah, I'm definitely feeling it. <laughs> yeah. The tiredness right. is setting in. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, check out our social media throughout the week, and we will be back next week with our usual show. Yep, exactly. We will put on a great show for everybody. Talking about wrestling, having a good time. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Later. See ya.